0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to KT Confidential. This is episode 185. KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today we're talking about open house etiquette in the post-pandemic. Enjoy. Welcome. KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Welcome back. I was going to say the episode number. I'm not used to that, but we're not doing that. So we have to record a separate intro. On today's episode, we're going to jump right into it because we're short on time. Today's episode, the podcast topic is Open House Etiquette Post-Pandemic. And we have the privilege of a guest today, Steve Cicchetto, realtor extraordinaire. Thanks for joining us.
1: The privilege. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: Ariel, welcome. Hi. Hello. So, Steve, we had uh, last minute... we. I heard a story. You had a busy open house this weekend. We thought it was appropriate to have you join us. Tell you, tell us, tell the audience about your experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious how it went. Well, before you uh, hang on, let's preface.
2: Before you get into it, this is now us dipping our toe in the water. Well, it's been two and a half years. Two and a half years of not doing public open houses. Right. Only virtual. Facebook and Instagram have been kind to us during the pandemic and giving people virtual means to walk through the home, ask questions, whatever. But there's always that tangible aspect of being in a home, feeling it, smelling it, walking through it with your own eyes. Now that requirements have changed... And real estate is harder to sell at the moment. We're starting to see- Every effort counts. Every effort counts. And we're starting to see more and more open house signs pop up. And I don't want to say it works for every property or it's necessary or any of that stuff. And some sellers might be more inclined to approve- a public open house and some sellers might not want it and that's okay.
0: And there were sellers before the pandemic that were against it. I knew people like that also. Didn't want random people walking through their house.
1: And the virtuals worked really well. You know, we've got very good traction out of it.
0: So,
2: dipping the toe in the water, we decided to hold uh, a couple open houses.
0: Well, the first one we held was at a property I had listed I believe it was the first uh, since getting back to it, property we had listed, and uh, it was the client... Oh, I hope you're not having open houses on just random homes. It was the the client uh, that insisted on it, and the reason was they were introduced to the house, which we actually listed back in the day when they bought it. We represented the seller. They found out about the house because they attended an open house down the street and saw our open house, so they subsequently came to that house, and they bought it. So for them, they see a lot of value in it. Yeah, maybe we can talk about
2: the value of open houses too. But now, you can walk through a home in three D. Like every yeah. single one of our homes has an eye. What the the brand is Eye Guide, and literally you can plop yourself into any home, any room, and walk around virtually on your screen at home. Can even put it up on your big screen TV. It's you can even fantastic. Put it on VR goggles. Yeah, you can.
0: Yeah, have you done that? It's actually have, yeah. really cool. Well, back back in the day I I brought our Oculus Go to one of our open houses and I had a couple people there try it. So, I had it set up and they were walking through. Wait a minute. Hang on. I'm confused. They're no, no, already no. in the house, no, no. but you tell them to put the... <laughs> Look, I have this amazing tool. You can just sit in this chair, but see the whole house. Right. No, they were, they were experiencing the, the uh, guide, or at that time, I think we used Matterport, yeah. and they were walking through other properties. Oh, yes. Other properties we had listed for sale. I don't remember if they were listed for sale or not, or if it was just for fun. Oh, okay. But nevertheless, gotcha. it was well-received. So
2: Steve held one of our first open houses in this post-pandemic era. Uh, We've toyed around with the idea of making public open houses a thing again. We haven't had a team meeting. We haven't put any rules or regulations. So you were kind of winging it. So tell us. Tell us the story. Tell us the feedback
1: for sure um and i think winging it is a good um intro to the open house like i wasn't sure as i said really what to expect i mean we didn't do a lot of promotion around it the homeowners were fantastic they're like yeah sure if you want to do it i mean they didn't care either way um but it was a pretty unique property okay so we thought it was important and i mean we paid a lot of money for the weather over the weekend so it was important to to kind of showcase that um you know, I got there maybe five, 10 minutes before not thinking there would be anybody before I even opened the door, you know, cars are pulling up and people are starting to walk up. And I was like, oh shit, might actually get people here. So, um, we did a significant number of people. I mean, we did it for two hours and we probably had 50 people walk through. Um, and it was a steady stream, you know, it was a steady stream and not
2: Hot, sunny day, beautiful lot, beautiful pool.
1: And and it it was interesting because, you know, that was the path of people when they first came in. And unless I engaged them, if I could, if I wasn't talking to somebody else, they would beeline it right to the backyard. So the point about unique properties, I think they serve really well for open houses, you know, where people can come, they can experience. Yes, you can look at the house virtually, but, you know, standing in the environment, you're like, ooh, and And that was, that was the response we got. Um But it was good. I mean, people were engaged. I think there were some people that, you know, driving around on a Sunday, I've heard you guys refer to them as tire kickers, um, got a little bit of that. But overall, it was good. You know, overall, it was really good. Busy, which I didn't expect.
2: So, I'm really curious to know, Mm -hmm. because we didn't have any protocols. So, if there's that many people going into the house, what was the comfort level of people going into the home with other people going into the home.
1: Yeah, I got absolutely no pushback. There was, if we hadn't just come out of this pandemic, you would have never known something was going on. There was some people that were walking through with masks, which was fine. There was no judgment. There was nobody looking at them sideways. Probably at its, um, the most we had in the home at one time was probably 10 people um people were respectful of each other you know they were human to each other if somebody was upstairs somebody would be on the mid floor others would be in the backyard the
2: home is large enough that
1: it was a good size yeah people weren't walking over each other and you know sticking to themselves and overall like that it was good yeah
2: so i watched your insta stories Mm -hmm. and look at the smirk (laughs) um you made a comment, which I kind of want to talk about. It's the etiquette. And the one part about etiquette, kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you had kids running around, jumping on furniture, had, wiping their snot on the walls. We had,
1: we had the jumping on furniture once, okay, because it caught me off guard. Um, and, and the etiquette isn't a COVID thing. I think it's just a respectful that you're in someone else's house thing. hundred um, percent. It was actually the second family that came in. Um, Mom and dad, very nice. They spoke to me right away, but it was a free for all for the kids right. after they were talking to me, the kids ran right into the living room, which had a very nice white couch. <laughs> um, and they started jumping on it. They were grabbing the pillows and, you know, immediately I obviously said to the parents, you know, do you mind? And they grabbed the kids right away. There was no offense. They apologized. Um, But the families that did come in, I would say 50% of them weren't monitoring their kids to the level I would expect in somebody else's home, including the backyard. Okay. Uh, Fine, you're jumping on a couch. Nobody did a cannonball. Uh, Actually, what I started saying to people because of how warm it was is for 10 bucks, you can do a cannonball and for 20 bucks, I'll give you a beer on the way out. Probably could have made a lot of money yesterday, <laughs> but it, you know, you have a home with a pool um, and you're not watching your kids, you know, and people are, there is a safety gate around it, but the gate's left open because people are walking in and out. It doesn't take long for something to happen, you know? Um, so that kind of prompted my thinking, uh, you know, make sure you keep an eye on your kids for sure. First and foremost.
2: Yeah. I think the, you know, that type of etiquette is, like you said, doesn't matter, pandemic, not pandemic, COVID, no COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's people of all ages too, right? Like For sure. How many times I've held an open house where somebody comes in eating a bagel and a coffee in hand. Like, come on, this is not a restaurant, this is somebody's home, right?
0: Well, one thing you did that I don't think I've ever done at an open house in the past was instead of removing shoes, you would... Give them the booties.
1: If they didn't have them.
0: If they didn't have if they didn't have their own?
1: If they didn't have their own socks or anything like that. Oh, I see. If they had socks on, no problem. I just okay. didn't want people walking through with bare feet. Got it. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And for nothing else. I mean, it's a hygiene thing, you know? Yeah.
0: It's actually, I think it might not be a bad idea to have it as a standard for everybody, shoes, socks, or not. Mm-hmm. Because especially in a house like that, yeah. you come in and you're stumbling over you know, a dozen shoes.
1: And I mean, to be totally honest with you, it was, I, I'd love to say that I had kind of pre-planned and prepared for it, but I had them in my car. Okay. And um, I just brought them in and it turned out, you know, a good chunk of people because it was the summer. Did I mean, if we if we had put kind of the rules of coming into the open house or people were prepared, I'm sure it wouldn't have been an issue. Um, but But there really was nothing because it was kind of a last minute decision to do it.
0: Right. Did you have anybody there who... Was attending because their realtor told them to go see it?
1: Yes, I did, actually. Um, It's funny you bring that up. So I had two people come through with their realtor, um, and there was two people that... Appointments booked? No, no. There was no appointments during the open house. Um, And then two people immediately, when we started talking, said, my realtor said, I might like this house. Interesting. Two people, two separate people. Yeah. Well, I
0: had, the day before that, I had a realtor call me about, uh, another one we did open houses, uh, an open house at uh, yesterday or on Sunday, um, and he said, "Can I confirm if there's an open house tomorrow? Because I want to send my clients
1: mm, as so, opposed to going with them." Yeah,
0: yeah. So we're starting to see more of that, mm-hmm. um, and that was a big thing for us in trying to decide if it becomes a consistent best practice again, or how we facilitate it. Is are they how effective are they?
1: So I actually, it's funny you bring that up with the realtor not being there. I'm working with some buyers that we went to go see a home on Friday, something that they're very, very interested in. I wasn't available uh, on the time that the open house was there, but there was an open house. So they went for a second visit um, and engaged the realtor and and spoke to the realtor then. Um, But as a first off, I I think it's a good idea that the realtor goes with them for sure.
0: Oh, I agree a hundred percent, but for, for,
2: many reasons I think that's important one to know what information is being exchanged and to also be a barrier so that your buyers potential buyers aren't disclosing something to the listing agent that they really shouldn't mm-hmm. um, and that you're also privy to what the listing agent is saying to your buyers mm-hmm. who hopefully are under contract and um, And then also imagine if the buyer is actually interested, like so for for your open house with those people that came through that actually have a realtor and were there without him, uh, what happens if they like the home and want to put an offer on it? Mm -hmm. Now their realtor has not even been in the home, and for a $2 million home with a pool and all kinds of features you would think that's kind of an important
0: part of the process.
1: And if you're not available during that window, make a point yourself to go see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. And,
1: you know, we're very flexible with the times that we offer. Um,
2: And and, tip for all you realtors listening. If you are going to take your buyers through an open house, at least schedule the showing. So the listing agent knows your contact info, when you've been there, and so that you're informed in the event of any offers or any changes on the listing. If you just say, oh, there's an open house two to four, I don't need to book a showing, I'm just going to go and my buyers want to see it, or we're just around the corner, or oh, we didn't know there was an open house, we're just going to walk through, you're not going to get notified of anything. And the listing agent probably won't remember you and might not even get your contact info. So, and how's that going to look?
1: And how's that going to look on you if your clients are very interested and it gets sold without you even knowing? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point.
0: And from an etiquette perspective as it relates to COVID, because there are a lot of people that are are still concerned Mm -hmm. about their health, Um, I think uh, people attending need to be respectful of that. So if you are asked to wear booties or you're asked to wear a mask or you're asked to wait outside while another couple tours the property, that you don't give them a hard time because you don't, it could be the realtor is immunocompromised or it could be the seller and it's a private residence. They're entitled to make those requests or demands, you know, make it mandatory. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have differing opinions, but if you're out trying to go into somebody's primary residence, um, be respectful.
1: And, I mean, everybody, all but one, and it wasn't horrible pushback, was very respectful. I mean, at the end of the day, just be a good person. Yeah. You know, and uh, people were respectful. I mean. Well, some people
0: weren't good at that before the pandemic.
1: 100%. I agree with you. Yeah.
2: Well, I think, you know, it's up to every individual agent, in our case, our team, to set expectations for our staff, our sellers, and also the people coming through the home. So it's something that I think um, we'll need to do as a team collectively and come up with processes. And if people aren't respectful or don't want to follow those processes, they can schedule a private showing and, and
1: come back. And lead by example. I mean, when we're going to open houses with our clients or we're hosting open houses, make sure we're following the protocols too.
2: Yeah, it goes both ways, right?
1: 100%.
2: So I know you and I debate this question quite often. We have never discussed it because Steve started two months, three months before COVID hit.
1: And the world shut down.
2: And the world shut down. So I think maybe you got one or two public open houses in before that happened. Two. So we've never had this discussion. Do you think open houses help sell homes?
1: Do I think they help sell homes? I certainly think they contribute. Um, I think a nicely presented marketed home is going to sell. I think it's a nice feature to offer, okay, as part of a marketing package for a home. Um, Is it required? No, because we've just gone through two years where we've done a lot of sales without it. Sorry, it took me about a minute and a half to come to that. But I think it's a nice option to have, for sure. I, I enjoyed hosting on the weekend. You know, if you get um, good people coming through, you engage in good conversation, it's a great opportunity to point out unique features of the home. Um, does it help? Certainly. Is it required? No.
2: I think a well Presented home with a knowledgeable realtor mm-hmm.
0: can definitely help
2: point out the little
0: details, right? Well, it goes it goes back to our day in the automotive industry where we were, from a sales perspective, For so the next forty years it'll always be back back in the automotive everybody. industry. We were the ones walking somebody around a car, selling the car. And in real estate, we don't have that opportunity outside of an open house where the buyers come in and we, the salespeople uh, who know everything about the house, can actually take them on a tour or educate them about the house and the and the property.
1: And I've got a, a perfect example of that. Um, as part of this home, they've got this really, really cool building at the back of the home. Okay, that the Spans the entire width of the deck. Everybody talks about this awning. I was just
0: oh. gonna say, <laughs> it's
2: just product. a freaking awning. Clearly, it's not. Clearly just an it's an awning. Like no, that's why, why just you, an that's an you got a four hundred thousand dollar pool, but the awning. That, I'm telling you that eighteen hundred dollar <laughs> awning. That
1: <laughs> you could Oh, it's not an eighteen hundred dollar awning. You can because I priced it, and I won't be buying one. How much is it? Probably sixty five hundred bucks.
2: Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Well, that's why they're talking about this awning.
1: So <laughs> this thing makes you coffee. In the, no, no, no. So it's it's an electronic awning. But it senses the sunlight so when the sunlight hits a certain whatever frequency heat whatever the awning comes out whatever it is the sunlight's
0: talking to you I can't question he's the one that researched it yeah. right
1: it comes out but then the wind there's actually a little wind mill uh, to turbine on it when it starts spinning to a certain uh, certain light, it pulls it back frequency yeah that's the one. <laughs> um oh it's the coolest thing but people were so taken by this awning but you know everybody's admiring did you demonstrate it to people i can't make the sun i was blown blown. window, (laughs) 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 but uh like you spoke about i mean it's an opportunity to talk about something about the home but also to engage people right so it starts with the awning. oh wow it's really really cool as they're looking at the back you can see the pool you can see the backyard but unless this thing starts retracting on top of you You can't really see it. So it's just an opportunity to engage people and start that conversation. You
2: know, it's funny because, and maybe this is something we should think about in terms of marketing our properties, things that are tangible, now that we can touch things, things that are tangible are always interesting for visitors to homes that are listed for sale, like remote control blinds. People are always picking up that remote control and opening, ooh, look at that, and,
0: so it's interesting if we could somehow incorporate that. Well, I think we do a pretty good job at showcasing features that could be easily missed. And I think that's one that could be easily missed. Perhaps not as a whole, as an awning. It's blatantly obvious that it's there, but it's functionality. So,
1: And we yeah. get a lot of compliments. Yeah. I call them table talkers, but the the little marketing pieces to point out the things that aren't overly obvious. And I did have one, but, you know, if, whether yeah. or not people... read. Really
0: well, I, I, you know, tune our own horn, but I believe that if anyone else listed that home for sale i say there's a high probability that the buyer when they close and move in they'll be like oh i didn't realize the awning was controlled you know according to wind and sun frequencies but because of you know as well you being able to convey it at the open house is you know ultimately the best way but from signage to that so that stuff helps
1: yeah for sure it does
0: just a real quick interjection
2: here. You're listening to KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. I'm Ariel Cremendi. He's Adrian Trott. And today joined by Steve Chiquetto, one of the top realtors of our team. Um, talking about open houses in the post-pandemic. I wrote down post-COVID era. I don't know what's proper to say. I had a thought I'll get I'll get to it in a minute. Uh, signage. Mm-hmm. How many signs did you put out? Was it enough? Uh, do you think people noticed the signs? Do they care? How how did they get to the house? Was yes. it on realtor.ca going on the uh, directional things or
1: Yes to all of the above. Yes. So there was fi- five five signs. Mix of everything. 5 signs put out. Uh, what I found very interesting though, the majority of the signs there was one sign that I put on the most major intersection close to the property. And there was probably 10 other realtor signs there. But that was it. You kind of get a direction of where it's going to go. And I followed some of them, maybe two. The good ones had maybe three. We had five. Okay, so the two main arteries to the property and then something guiding you in right to the home where I had an open house sign pointing at the home. I
0: wonder if some people are putting signs up just for exposure.
1: Well, I drove by where I would put one of them this morning to open or up. Forgot the to take or forgot to take them. And there was it, two yeah. at the spot that there was 10 uh, yesterday. So either they forgot or they're just there saying, Hey, my home's still there. Yeah.
0: Well, another,
2: or if they had an open house on Saturday, mm-hmm. pulled some of them and left a couple. Mm-hmm. And then on the next day, we'll put
0: those other ones
2: back up. But to your point yeah
0: well in some minute muni- well m- this particular home was in Milton and there, uh, f- Milton bylaws are pretty laxed with mm. open house signs uh, other municipalities not quite the case like i've had signs removed in Brampton um in Mississauga now if not Peel but Mississauga for sure you have to put the address and the hours oh. on the sign um so for in instances like that If a bylaw officer sees it and it's after regular hours, then they can look up and see where the house is. And if it's not an active open house, they actually take the sign. We
2: should have thought about that in our redesign to have like a whiteboard part on the sign somehow. Yeah. There are signs that have Sure. There's a fit on
1: top you can put maybe. But we actually had a couple of people that came as a result of the signs. There were some people that did acknowledge they saw it on Realtor. Um, But Yeah.
0: But the odds of somebody, because I had a client that was concerned, um, that they were missed, they were they were less likely to sell the house if they didn't have open houses, um, and I mean perhaps to a degree, but a very small degree, I think, like a fraction of a degree, because m- most people coming to the house for the open house know about the open house. They know the house is there. They're coming to see it. Most people walk in the street that see your sign aren't going to walk in and buy a $2 million house. If there are no
2: open houses, the house is still going to sell because they have no choice but to book a showing to see the property. Sure.
1: So I think, I think open houses are something from the past that's carried forward because now we've got technology, we've got the internet. People are so educated by the time they come into the home, especially if they're very interested in the home. Um, but before the internet... I'm assuming here open houses were the primary way that people would come and see the home. Like you couldn't go on MLS and flip through a bunch of pictures and go on to Instagram and go to a team site and look at all their lists. You couldn't do that 20 years ago or 25 years
0: ago. We've had enough experiences now where we know that buyers of our listings, um, and probably buyers that we've worked with have bought places sight unseen. Mm Um, one stands out in my mind, where the buyers went with their realtor to show one, one, see one of our listings. They walked into the front foyer and they didn't go any further than that uh, because they thought it was far outside of their budget. Uh, they ultimately ended up buying it and then scheduled an appointment two days later to go see it for the first time. But they felt comfortable doing it because of the 3D walkthrough and the photos and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. There's valued open houses, no doubt. I agree. But how much? I don't know.
1: But I think it's a carry forward.
0: Everything in life, right now, is being purchased online.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. I buy my fruit online. I don't get to feel and squeeze the oranges before it arrives at my front door. Uh, shoes. I just
0: ordered a pair of shoes online.
2: May or may not fit. I don't know.
0: Well, if there's a, there's a trend. There's like a learning, or not. There's like a curve of. Comfort levels with that stuff because even shoes. When I bought my first pair of shoes, I was like, I think I almost bought them a couple times. I'm like, no, because I I was concerned they would come and they wouldn't fit. I'd have to send them back. It was a pain in the butt. And then eventually, I just gave in. I bought some shoes online. They came. It was a good experience. And now, I'll buy shoes online anytime. From
2: open houses to fruit to shoes. Um, anything else you want to talk about with open houses? So and. We'll have you kind of cheerlead um, in our discussion with the rest of the team. Well, I guess Chris did an open house uh, uh, yesterday as well, but you guys can talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, but any um, any recommendations on protocol?
1: Manage it. I think... Um I think it is important to manage the people in the house and make sure you're watching the behavior of the people in the house more than anything.
2: Somebody's getting a good massage next door. I don't know. I don't know if you, those of you listening or watching can, uh, can hear what's coming through on our end here, but uh, the walls are thin in this building, and uh, next door, the unit next door, has uh, massage therapy in a room that is abutting our studio. So sometimes Mm -hmm. somebody gets really excited. It can echo through, but I think we're going to wrap up the podcast anyway. Thanks for joining us, Steve.
1: Pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's it.
0: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Awkward Um, silence.
1: (laughs) That's it. Thanks for listening.
0: Episode 185, KT Confidential. We just hit, by the way, 500 youtube subscribers that's a big number for us and if you enjoyed this episode subscribe and help us keep it going